Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey guys, good morning or good afternoon and happy Friday. Thanks for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast to share a cup of coffee with me as we read the Bible together. Now, I always say good morning, but um, in actuality, you don't have to listen to this podcast in the morning. You could listen it to it at night if you wanted to. I just, I typically say the morning. I don't know why, mainly because I air it at uh, six in the morning. But if you don't wake up at six in the morning or you don't commute to work, please don't feel like you have to listen to it at six in the morning. You can listen to it literally whenever you want. It will never go away. Second, it is published. It is there forever, pretty much. So feel free to tune in whenever you want. I've had some uh, confusion about that before in the past where people are like, do we have to listen to it right at six in the morning? Absolutely not. Of course you do not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I'm not awake at six in the morning because I don't uh, I don't do these live. You know, I I pre-record these and then uh, edit them for you guys. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about Exodus chapter 39 today. But before we begin, make sure to tune in to the episode on December 25th. It's going to be midnight on December 24th going into the 25th, if that makes sense. So 12 a.m. on December 25th on Christmas Day definitely tune in for my special Christmas uh, P40 Ministries podcast episode. I'm very, very excited about it. I am already uh, deciding what I'm going to do. And I'm going to let you guys know a little bit more about that in the next coming days or so. But you know, it's going to be a great podcast episode for you guys to share. I think that's one of the best things about it is it's going to be a nice, Christmas podcast episode that anybody can listen to that you can share. Uh, You know, I did it last year. I did a candlelit uh, Christmas special on December 24th going into the 25th at midnight. And I think it was a it was a success. I think a lot of people liked it. And so I'm doing the same thing this year. Now, that being said, I'm not going to have a normal episode on the 24th, even though that's a Friday. My only episode is going to be the Christmas special, which is the one that airs at midnight. And after that, because I want you guys to enjoy your family and I also want to take a couple days off myself to enjoy the holidays. And plus, listenership is always down around the holidays just that's the nature of things I'm going to be taking two days off after Christmas normally I record every single weekday and I air my episodes every weekday I should say but I'm going to be taking the Monday after Christmas off and also the Tuesday after Christmas off so I will be back in full force on that Wednesday and guess what when I come back it's going to be season three Isn't that so fun? We are in season three coming up of the P40 Ministries podcast. So I am so excited about that. Thank you to everybody who has been listening to the P40 Ministries podcast for this past year and a half, where we are now in the book of 
Leviticus and are moving forward. Now, of course, my New Testament episodes that I do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I, I don't go with the seasons on those ones. The seasons are with the books of the Bible in the Old Testament is what I decided. So we're still going to be in the book of Mark uh, when season three airs, but that is normal. We were we did that also when I moved into season two. And uh, Leviticus, I am both looking forward to it and not looking forward to it for a, very, for a lot of reasons. You know, Leviticus is kind of a, a tough chapter to talk about. And I've heard a lot of people say that they think it's one of the boringest books of the Bible. In my personal opinion, I do not think it's a boring book of the Bible. I actually kind of like it, um, but it's hard to talk about. That's for sure. There's some interesting laws in there, to say the least. And same with uh, Deuteronomy when we move past Leviticus. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about Exodus chapter 39 today. We're going to be talking about the entire chapter because once again, this is still outlining all the details of what Aholiab and uh, Bezalel was doing to make this temple and everything that God had commanded them to make. So we've been talking about them building this for the past couple days now, and it's almost done. This is like the last little bit that they have to do, which is to make this clothing for the priests and for the high priest, which was soon to be Aaron. And uh, we'll talk more about Aaron becoming the high priest on Monday and Wednesday, I believe. That's going to be in Exodus chapter 40. But today we're going to be talking about the finishing of this tent of meeting. This area where people were supposed to go and worship God and how anybody could go to the outer courts to worship God and, you know, bring their offerings to him. But then the priests, of course, were the only ones that were allowed to enter in to the tent of meeting. So Bezalel and Aholiab have now finished the entire tent of meeting that is done. The outer court is done. All of the accessories for the tent of meeting are finished, such as the water basin, the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and the mercy seat, along with the showbread table, the the area for incense, and then, of, of course, the, uh, the altar, which is where they would sacrifice the bulls on. That was for the high priest to do. So all of that is complete. And it was all done super well. It was done uh, very perfectly, very beautifully. And now we're talking about the priest's clothings. So it says in verse 1 that of the blue, purple, and scarlet, they made finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place and made the holy garments for Aaron as Yahweh had commanded Moses. So I'm going to guess that they in this verse is probably talking about both Aholiab and Bezalel. These were two men that were gifted with tons of skills because of God's spirit. And uh, God's spirit came down on these two men to oversee this, this fantastic process that was taking place. Now, it doesn't specifically say what Bezalel used to do before he became the head guy for this project, but it does say what Aholiab used to do. It tells us in Exodus chapter 38 that Aholiab was actually an embroiderer before he became uh, an overseer of this project. So he was an embroiderer and he was also an engraver is what it says. So he was an artist. He was a skillful artist that would make all this beautiful stuff. So he probably knew how to work with uh, wood and with gold and bronze and everything that um, God had commanded them to make 
everything with. So Aholiab would have been a great person with all of his knowledge and skills of engraving to come and do this project, especially with his knowledge in, you know, linen and materials and stuff like that as well. He was very, very knowledgeable on many of these areas. And because God's spirit came upon him, now is probably where he's really, really shining by making these beautiful garments for the priests. These were supposed to be garments that reflected God's glory. I mean, that is some pressure that is put on a holy ab. (laughs) That is pressure to the max. And that's specifically what God says to Moses. He says that these garments are for both beauty and glory. Imagine how Aholiab was probably feeling like, man, that would probably been a tough project for an artist to complete. Like, God, please give me the skills to make this look nice. (laughs) I mean, to me, you know, I, I do some different art things as well. And actually, one of the recent projects I did was I illustrated one of my friend's books. And, uh, you know, these these drawings were important to me that I do well. And I was doing some of these uh, drawings and I'm just like, man, this looks like crap. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm starting over. There is one drawing I, I probably did. I think I redid it like two times for his book and it turned out OK in the end. But, you know, there is some pressure put on you when um, you have to make something and, you know, I just, I, I sympathized. I feel like I sympathize here with a holy ab. Like maybe he was feeling a little stressed out. I don't know though, because God's spirit was put on him. So maybe he wasn't as stressed out as the normal artist out there <laughs> would have been. But uh, yeah, he did have some pressure here to make this uh, garment super beautiful. Now it says here that he and Bazalel did everything that God had commanded. It keeps saying that. It says in verse 5, well, it says that in verse uh, 1, it says that in verse 5, and it just keeps saying that. Verse 7, I mean, this is all over the place. So they did it well. They did everything the way God had commanded them to do it. It was done properly. So it says here that he made the breastplates, the work of the skillful workmen. So he was very skillful. And it's kind of cool that that phrase keeps coming up in the Bible as well, the skillful workmen. I mean, how how nice that would have been to just keep hearing that. You know, you're a skillful person. You're a skillful person. I mean, Moses, when he wrote this book, he gave credit where credit was due. I mean, these guys were doing skillful and beautiful work. And uh, Moses and Yahweh kept mentioning that, you know, because God did tell Moses to write all these words down. So, I mean, God was really complimenting these men by saying, you know, they're skillful. They're doing this well. And, you know, I, I just think that's really fun because God didn't have to say that about these men, if you think about it, because he put his spirit on them. And if you listen to the episode I did with Alan Paul the other day, you would have heard that uh, that God actually gave them some of these skills. You know, God gives us all the skills that we have. So I think it's really cool that God was giving credit to these two men for doing this good work when God is the one, of course, that gives us our skills. And God didn't have to give them any credit. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I find that really interesting because God often uses us for his glory 
and allows us to take the credit for a lot of the stuff that um, that we do that is for God's glory, if you really think about that. So God is very loving in that way, where he really commemorates us for a job well done. So basically, all the way from verses 22 to, let's see here, verse 30, it talks about uh, the the robe, the opening of it. It talks about the woven work for these priests' clothings. And it talks about the tunics in verse 27. Then it talks about the turban and the crown that was given uh, that says, Holy to Yahweh. So that would probably have been a holyab that would have to engrave in that crown, Holy to Yahweh. Not to mention all the gems and jewels that went on this garment as well. So this was an intense process. I don't know how long it took either. I mean, when God gives his spirit to people, we see that work does not often take as long as it would without God's spirit. For example, the the big one I think of is when the walls had to be rebuilt, I believe in the book of Nehemiah, much, much later on. And they were able to accomplish it in just... A, a hundred or so days. I can't remember specifically what it was, but people were shocked by how quickly they rebuilt these walls. And that was because God's spirit was put on those people to rebuild the walls when Judah had fallen. So we see that in scripture that often when God's spirit comes on people and when he's helping them, work gets accomplished a much much more quickly than it normally would. So I don't know how long this took. It doesn't give us a timeline in the Bible. But I would guess it took maybe a year or so, maybe longer, maybe shorter. I don't know. I have no clue how long this would have taken. But it says here that in verse 32, thus all the work of the tabernacle and the tent of meeting was finished. It's done. You know, this intense process that these guys went through to accomplish all this stuff is finished and they can just sit back and just take a breath of fresh air that they accomplished such a a beautiful task that is still talked about to this day and it says here that the children of israel did everything according to all that yahweh had commanded moses so they did so it wasn't just aholiab and bazalel doing all this stuff it was the entire congregation of israel that wanted to participate in this would participate. We see this with the women bringing stuff. We see it with the men uh, taking time out of the wor- their work to volunteer to do this project. You know, we, we see that these the entire congregation of Israel was helping with this entire project. But the cool thing about it is this time, for one of the first times ever, they did everything according to what Yahweh had commanded Moses So they did, is what it says in verse 32. For the first time since God had brought the Israeli people out of Egypt, they are finally listening and doing things not only well, but they're doing it to the best of their ability, and they're also doing it exactly the way God had commanded them to do it. Now in verse 33, it talks about how they brought all of it to Moses every single bit of it so at this point they're probably setting it all up there you know because this thing was mobile don't forget this entire thing was mobile and uh, they could take it up and down whenever they moved so they probably were setting it all up to show Moses and Moses goes through at the end before they give it to God officially Moses goes through and he makes sure that 
everything is done properly, exactly the way that God wanted. So this shows to me that once again, this is this was not unmanageable for the people. We often think God gives us unmanageable tasks, but he really, really doesn't. You know, this was a big project. Yes, this was a huge project, but it was not unmanageable. The people followed this to a T. Not only that, it was mobile and it wasn't huge. I've, I've talked about that a few times as well, that this tent of meeting was not like a palace. This was a tent. So it was not unmanageable in any way, both in the work that was put into it and in the fact that uh, they'd have to take it and leave because they were basically traveling nomads at this point. So that is one thing that really sticks out to me here is just when it's all done, it, it just it proves that since the people were able to follow it and to, were able to follow it well, that none of this was beyond anybody's capability. It was extremely manageable and God takes that into account. He takes into account human weakness, I believe, <laughs> on many different occasions. So it says here that after everything was all brought to Moses, possibly all set up, you know, ready to for Moses to view it, Moses was allowed to go through and look at everything. And I wonder about the the whole, most holy place since people were not allowed in there. I wonder if before it was consecrated to God, if because the builders were building it, they were allowed to go in. And Moses, since he is technically the high priest, was one of the few people allowed to enter into the most holy place before it was consecrated to God. But anyway, so Moses is looking through. He, it says here that he's he looks at the golden altar. He looks at the anointing oil, the incense, the screen for the door of the tent, the altar, the basin. It look, he looks at everything. He was checking everything top to bottom to make sure it was done properly. And so it says here in verse 42 that according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did all of the work, everything from the pins to the sacrificial altar. Everything was done perfectly. It was all done well. And it says here that Moses saw all the work and behold, they had done it as Yahweh had commanded. This sticks out to me as something where Moses was not really involved in the process that much. He was not a micromanager because it says here that Moses at the end of it all checked it and now he's seeing that they had done everything as God had commanded them. So maybe he popped in here and there, but he he left it up to Bezalel and Aholiab to really oversee this project. And Moses, it sounds like, didn't have really much to do with it until this very moment at the end. So that kind of shows a little bit more about Moses's character of him not being an intense micromanager of this kind of stuff. Uh, rather, he, he really did trust in his people to finish it the way that it needed to be finished. Now in verse 43, to finish here, it says that Moses saw all the work. They had done it as Yahweh had commanded. And it says here that Moses blessed them. They were blessed because of this beautiful work that they were doing. Uh, Moses um, gave them a blessing because the work was done. The tent of meeting was ready. And now all that needed to be done was that final initiation process of Aaron to become the high priest and then Aaron's sons to become the other priests. And at that point, the tent of meeting would be ready for God's presence to come down on it 
and to live there and be with his people. Well, friends and faithful listeners, this was Exodus chapter 39, the entire chapter. Join in on Monday, and we're going to be discussing Exodus chapter 40, the first part of it. And then next Wednesday, we'll talk about Exodus chapter 40, the last part of it. And that will be the end of season two of the P40 Ministries podcast. So thank you guys so, so much for continuing to listen in and to support the podcast. But friends, you know, uh, one of the best ways you can support the P4A Ministries podcast is by sharing the podcast and letting people know about it. And as simple as this is, by writing a review, that is one of the best ways you can promote the P40 Ministries podcast. Friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your day and happy listening and God bless.